It's Monday, Tubav, Tufshin Ayin Dalid. We are coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. things up here on the Israel show with Higiyaz Man HaGeulah. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are coming to you live on this Tuba'av. We come to you live every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, or wherever you are around the world 
at whatever time you're listening, and you can listen to us whenever you feel like it and whenever you want. Because you can uh, podcast this show, you can subscribe through iTunes to get the show delivered into your iPhone or iTunes or computer on a regular basis. You can listen to it online on the archives at nachamsegel.com. So many ways to listen, and we hope you do. And we thank those who do for listening, and we encourage you to tell others to do the same. Our Facebook page, wow, our Facebook page has really been exploding. We've uh, we've surpassed 240 likes over the past two weeks. This has been, uh, well, I should say 242, because we just got another one. Um, and want to thank all those who have been liking the Facebook page and We'll uh, send a shout-out to them either a little later today or next week. Um, we've been posting a lot of interesting information about the situation in Israel. And we, we don't bombard you. We, we, we post things that we think are, are different and interesting and maybe you won't see somewhere else. Um, we're going to dedicate a decent part of the show today to um, the story of uh, 10 days ago, Friday, in Rafiach, which is a city in the southern part of Gaza, densely populated, crawling with Hamas terrorists, there is a, um, almost one could say, like a subway system underneath Rafiach, as there is underneath the rest of Gaza, a web, a network of tunnels. Now, these are different. There are three types of tunnels. There's the tunnels that we've been hearing about, the terror tunnels, as we, we've spoken about this months and months ago, actually, the ones that are under the border and end up in Israel and were dug for the specific purpose of the Hamas terrorizing Israeli citizens, popping up in Israel, kidnapping people, massacring uh, kibbutzim and towns. Those are tunnels, the terror tunnels, that's type one. Type two are the tunnels that are dug from Gaza into the Sinai. That's the southern border of Gaza, which is with Egypt. Gaza has is like a rectangle, two sides border Israel. One is on the Mediterranean coast and one side borders Egypt. So the tunnels that are dug underneath the Egyptian border were used for smuggling. That is how they smuggled all the weapons, the arms that they've been using all along. They smuggle parts. They smuggle, of course, just all kinds of contraband as well. Those tunnels are the smuggling tunnels. And then the third type of tunnel that exists in Aza is a huge network of, of uh, underground uh, tunnels that are just used to um, transport things within Gaza outside of the visibility of the Israeli Air Force. The Air Force uh, has drones constantly uh, flying over Gaza and photographing everything in which they can see uh, all the materials that are being moved around or fighters that are moved around. And over the years, Israel was very successful in, in killing some of the um, heads of the Hamas, the terrorist leaders, by these drone sightings, and then the Air Force bombing them. So Hamas, as part of this long-term strategy, it's obviously been going on for years and years, dug a network of tunnels throughout Aza, within Aza, internally. And this is how they move from place to place, transfer information from place to place, troops, uh, ammunition, and so forth, all hidden from the eyes 
of the uh, Israel Defense Forces. So, back to Rafiach. On Friday, 10 days ago, a group of Givati soldiers is looking for tunnels. That is their mission. Their mission is to uncover more and more tunnels so that the Israel Defense Forces can blow them up and uh, make them useless, basically. Um, what uh, a word that we hear over and over again when we speak about the tunnels. In Hebrew, it's called pier. In English, we'd call it a shaft. So you have this long tunnel, but throughout the length of the tunnel, there are shafts where that exit the tunnel. So um, the shaft might come out in a house, for example, so that you can enter the tunnel, you go into the house, and uh, maybe you move away a bookcase, and you enter the tunnel through there, and you might be entering the tunnel in the middle. Uh, the shaft might come out in a field, the shaft might come out in a hospital, as we know they do, or in a school. Um, so they, the Givati soldiers were in Rafiach, it's densely populated area. It was just after the ceasefire was declared, but according to the rules of the ceasefire, Israel was allowed to continue to look for tunnels and destroy them. And this group is is uh, being commanded by Benayas Sarel, um, and they see a Hamas person looking out of a window, and they are afraid that he is going to attack them. But it is a ceasefire, and they are afraid of shooting and being accused of breaking the ceasefire. So they decide they are going to go there and, and take care of him, basically either capture him, take him prisoner, or so forth. Well, what they didn't realize was that this whole thing was an ambush. And so the three soldiers that were in this little group were ambushed, major fire hits them, and they are all killed. Benayas Sarel was the commander, an amazing person. Everyone who knew him said he was amazing. He was one of those people that they knew was um, going to make his way up the ranks in, in Sahal and become one of the leading officers in the future. He was with the communications officer, Liel Gidoni. He is also killed. Their bodies fall. Soldiers that are nearby, but not right next to them, nearby, hear the gunfire and run to see what is happening. They see the bodies of Benaya, Sarel, and Liel Gidoni. But the third soldier that was there, by the time others got to, to the, this area, the third soldier is missing, Hadar Golden. He's not there. And they understand that Hadar was probably dragged into that pier, into that shaft leading into the tunnel. The deputy commander, the one who now takes over once Benayasar El is dead, his name is Eitan. We don't know his last name because the Israeli military feels that it is probably a better security setup that we don't mention his last name. And so his last name is not known. He's just known as Eitan, Segem Eitan. 
And so Eitan, who was uh, the deputy commander, was in a building nearby as they were setting up this building to be a rest area for them, is woken up. As he's resting, he's woken up and he runs to this area where the incident happened, where the ambush took place. He calls out a code, meaning everybody identify yourself, account for yourself, so that they want to see, is everybody accounted for? Are all our soldiers here? And as this is called Barzell, as this is happening, it becomes clear that one is missing. And the the commanders above ask who is missing and Eitan says golden. Now you should understand that Eitan is a good friend of Hadar Golden. They both studied studied together during the past year and a half to two years at a wonderful institution of higher Torah study, a Michina Kedam Tzvait. It's a sort of yeshiva that is set up specifically for boys, men I should say, who are going to go to the army and do a full three-year program in the army, meaning they're not going to do the Hesder program. They want to do a full regular three-year army program and they want to be able to become officers and go up in the ranks and lead in the IDF. B'nai David, which is in the city of Eli, has released from its ranks some of the most amazing heroes of the Israel Defense Forces. Names like Roe Klein and Moreno and others. And now Hadar Golden and Eitan. These are all products of the Mechina Kedam Tzvait, the pre-military prep yeshiva, if you will, in Eli called B'nai David. So Eitan hears that Hadar Golden is missing. It's not just another soldier, although if it would be, it probably wouldn't matter. He decides that he wants to go after him. He wants to go down this shaft into this tunnel, endangering his own life. Who knows what's in the tunnel? In fact, they are told, standing orders, you don't go into tunnels without proper preparation, without it being checked out. But Eitan says he has to go and find Hadar Golden and bring him back. Now many have said, as they told the story, that he went against army regulations. That's not so. He actually asked permission. The the request went up the chain of command, and he was told, okay, you can go. Throw a grenade down first, so that if it's booby-trapped, it'll explode. If there's someone there waiting for you, 
the grenade will take care of him. Throw down a grenade and go in. All this, all this is happening in a matter of seconds. We'll take a musical break and we'll come back and we'll tell you what happens as Eitan, deputy commander of this particular Givati group, who now becomes the commander as his commander is dead, as Eitan descends into the bowels of the tunnel network of Hamas in the city of Rafiach looking for his friend, Hadar Golden. We'll also play for you some clips of an interview that he gave to Israeli television. You'll hear this shy 23-year-old, almost anti-hero, telling what his feelings were, how he felt, how and how he feels now. Coming off of Shabbat Nachamu, Aharon Razel released a new version of Nachamu Ami, very appropriate for our times. We share it with you as we debut it here on The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. נחמו עמי, נחמו עמי, יומר אלוקיכם. 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 דברו על לב ירושלים. דברו הלב ירושלים, נחמו עמי, דברו הלב ירושלים. אמר השם, אמר השם, את מי צריך Yerushalayim, 
version of Nachamu, Nachamu, very appropriate for our times. Post-Shabbat Nachamu, Tuba'av. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for being with us. We're in the midst of telling you the story of Eitan, Eitan, whose last name is still classified, Eitan, the soldier of Givati, who heroically enters a Hamas tunnel trying to retrieve alive or dead, he doesn't know, Hadar Golden, his comrade in arms and his yeshiva mate from the Mechinat B'nai David in Eli. And so as we were explaining the background, he is about to enter this shaft that then goes into the tunnel. And as he does so, he's wearing a bulletproof vest and he's wearing a helmet obviously, and his gear. But he realizes that he won't fit in. And so he instinctively removes his bulletproof vest and removes his helmet and his gear and enters the tunnel totally exposed with only his gun and a flashlight. He takes two other soldiers with him and they enter this tunnel, and as they go in, the tunnel is widens a bit, and they start running through the tunnel, and they see on the floor of the tunnel, they see what they call Shvil Sheldam, a blood trail, which is clearly the blood of Hadar Golden as they dragged his body. And so, they're able to follow the tracks. And they know where they're going, at least, even though they can't see very far ahead. Maybe, maybe a yard or two in front of them. It is pitch black, dark, total silence. And all they have is their gun and a flashlight. And they know that at any moment, Hamas terrorists can just come out of anywhere and kill them and take them. 
but they're going to find Hadar. I want to share with you some clips from the interview that Eitan gave to Israeli television as we tell his story. The interviewer asks him about this this particular moment, and as he's about to enter the tunnel, he sa- she says, "You know, you know that once you enter that tunnel, you're exposed to the Hamas terrorists who could be hiding there, and you can be killed at any minute." Yes, he answers quietly, shyly. So why are you doing it to bring back Hadar? But you're putting yourself in danger, she says. To which he answers. What do you mean putting myself in danger? In the army, you put yourself in danger. That's what the army is. I knew that when I joined. To do the right thing, even at the risk of one's life. That's why I enlisted. That's why I became an officer. But she says... But this mission, this misima, this mission, running into the tunnel, I mean, maybe it's not reasonable. Maybe it's not rational to do this. To which he answers, without skipping a beat, just so bluntly and matter-of-factly. And for me to fight a war that does seem rational to you, the whole idea of a person joining the army and being ready to sacrifice his life for something greater than him, is that rational? Here's that clip from uh, Israel Channel 2 News interview with Eitan. אבל אתה מסכן את עצמך, אתה מסכן את החיילים, אתה נותן להם עוד פרס. בסדר, אני... זה שאלות מוזרות שאני שואלת? לא, אני... זה... מה זה מסכן את עצמי? אני... אני הודחתי למה אני מגיע. אבל הצבא זה לסכן את עצמך, זה... שזה התגייסתי, שזה אני... שזה אני קצין. לא, אבל אולי זה לא הגיוני, המשימה הזאת, להיכנס פנימה. ולצאת למלחמה זה נראה הגיוני. ולצאת למלחמה נראה לך הגיוני? To go to war, to fight for something? something greater than you and be ready, ready to sacrifice your life? Does that seem rational to you? He says to her so bluntly. I think the, the interviewer and the interviewee are really on two, other, on, on two different planets. Eitan and the two people with him follow this blood trail and they reach several places in the tunnel that the tunnel just forks, goes left and right. They find, yet again, the blood trail and they follow it and follow it and follow it and follow it and they see no end in sight. They don't know how long the tunnel is. They don't know how much more there is to go. They also don't know where the shafts are and where at any point a terrorist can come and shoot at them. But they continue. At some point he sends one of the soldiers, out to ask for reinforcements. Because, and this is yet another part of the scary, amazing bravery of this young man, 
because when they're in the tunnel, their communications equipment doesn't work. So not only is he in total darkness and total silence, he has no way to communicate back to his officers, and they have no way to communicate with him. So he sends one of the other two soldiers that are with him to run back to the opening of the shaft and tell them that they need more help, which he does. But he couldn't find the commander, and they couldn't get more help. And so this first fellow, this young man, who happens to be an Ethiopian Jew, runs back and joins this search party led by Eitan. And they keep going and going deeper and deeper into this tunnel. Ultimately, after a half an hour, they realize that it's almost futile. They don't know what to do, where to go. They have no clue. And they realize that the longer they are in there, the more dangerous it is for them and that with the probability of finding Hadar going down and down, the danger to them and that probability continues to go up. And so they make their way back. But what they do see along the way, and it's not clear exactly what it is because the military censors probably also because of the Kvot Hamet and the Kvot of the family, respect for the dead and respect for the family, don't want to be too specific. They find certain things of Hadar's. Maybe, if I'm reading between the lines correctly, maybe it's a blood-soaked shirt or other piece of clothing. But whatever it is, the information that Eitan brings out of the tunnel with him when he comes back, the items and information, allows the Israeli army, using pathologists, using rabbis for the halachic determination, and other means, allows them to determine that there's no way that Hadar is alive. And so... His situation goes from being missing in action to being dead. And that is a huge difference in the state of Israel. Between having a soldier who is captured, alive, and possibly going through the similar situation of Gilad Shalit, having negotiations, and between having a soldier that we know is dead. The amazing part of all of this is the heroism, to me, is the heroism of Eitan. A very cute little clip is when the reporter asks him, when you got home, was your mother angry at you for doing what you did? He says, I think so. 
She asks him, did she say anything? To which he answers with the usual Israeli, that tongue smack, that means no. She just hugged me, he says. She didn't say anything. If she was angry at me, she didn't say anything. She just gave me a big hug. Now understand that Eitan became a hero in Israel. His picture was all over, front page of all the newspapers, the hero that went to look for Hadar and came back with the evidence. And and he is almost the, what, the anti-hero? The shy person who doesn't consider himself to be special, just did what he was supposed to do? When he was released finally from Aza, he had not been home for 50 days. Five, oh, 50 days. What would you do? You would go home and hug your parents? Say hi to your siblings. He has a girlfriend. Not Eitan, no. Before going home, he went to the Shiva house of Hadar Golden. And he brought with him a little black satchel, which he found, with Hadar's personal items. There's a video clip of this. Israel's Defense Forces spokesperson was there. And the family allowed him to video this emotional, insanely emotional moment when Eitan takes out this little black satchel with Hadar's personal effects and gives it to the family that is sitting Shiva. And the first thing out of that little satchel is his Sidur, his prayer book. Gives it to the father. The father is is caressing it with his hands, almost hugging it. Then he pulls out his glasses case. And a little notebook where he kept notes. And lastly, his tefillin. Hadar's tefillin. And he spends two hours with the family... He spends two hours with the family that is sitting Shiva. Hadar has a twin brother. His name is Tsur. He has an older brother and a sister. An amazing family. All of the family members, every single one of them except the mother, of course, are officers in the Israeli Defense Forces. The father is a professor of Jewish history. Tel Aviv University is also an officer in the Israel Defense Forces. And as he walks out of the house, the media that is there asks him, how do you feel? You're heroic. They're saying what you did is heroic. And he says about the Golden family, those, that family they, they are heroes. I'm small, I'm nothing compared to them. And then he goes home. I want to share with you 
few more short clips, two more short clips, just that you can get an idea of the youth of Israel today, the products of the religious Zionist movement in this case, the interview with Eitan. The interviewer asks him, are you disappointed with yourself? Remember, he's being feted around Israel as a hero. And this shy boy, thin, six foot, blue eyes, looking down the whole time. You can see he's trying not to make eye contact with the camera. He says, yes, I am disappointed with myself. I wanted to bring back Hadar. Didn't want to bring back evidence of his death. So she says, so in your opinion, you weren't successful? Yes, he says, I wasn't. What do you say to all those who call you a hero? He says, I don't see myself as a hero. I was at the right place at the right time, and I did what I had to do. I don't see myself as a hero. And the continuation of that answer is this last clip that I want to share with you, and it moves me to tears every time. As he continues to explain why what he did isn't heroic and he doesn't see himself as a hero. He says, my commander was killed. Two of my soldiers were killed. That I went into the tunnel? It's irrelevant. Who cares? At Who cares? Three amazing people are dead and people think I'm a hero because I went into the tunnel? It's a total misconnect, says Eitan. And then he continues. He said, he speaks about the Ruach. Ruach meaning the spirit, the ethos, the values that drive them. He says, this is the spirit of Benaya, the commander, Benaya Sarel. I'm sure he would have done the same thing. And it was the ethos, the Ruach of Hadar. And it's the values of Givati and of the army and of our country. Zelogvura, he says. It's not heroism. you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Stay tuned with us. Tuba'av, Tavshin, Ayin Dalit.
Radya Chamama with the uh, classic Ana Vakoach off of the album Shemaim Va'aretz. And one last postscript about Eitan Hadar Benayas Sarel. Both Hadar and Benaya who were killed. The three young men who were killed. Benaya, Sarel and Hadar Golden were engaged to be married. In fact, Benaya Sarel was to be married, I believe, today. And their fiancés grieve, as we can only imagine. Yet another casualty of war that we don't even think about. We know we think about wives that are left, children, parents. In this war, there is yet another group, the fiancés, who will never walk down to the chuppah with the one they want to marry, waiting for them. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Nachum is in Israel, and tomorrow he'll be broadcasting from yet another amazing Nefesh Benefesh flight carrying a plane load of Olim Chadashim from North America to Israel. What an amazing thing during this time of war. This is now the second plane load that has arrived during war. Nachum will be there and bring you the sounds, the excitement. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow between 6 and 9 Tuesday for the amazing broadcast, the Nefesh Benefesh charter flight. And uh, you can watch it live if you want. You can watch it live. Go to Nefesh Benefesh website. I don't know the exact time, but it's, uh, I think, late at night, our time. Go to Nefesh Benefesh website and check it out. It's NBN, Nefesh Benefesh, N-B-N dot O-R-G dot I-L. And tomorrow, 109 young Americans are going to be walking in the footsteps of Sean Carmeli and Max Steinberg, those who are known as lone soldiers. That means soldiers who leave their family back in the United States or in other countries and come to be in Israel in the IDF as volunteers but they're in fighting units. Sean Carmeli and Max Steinberg were killed early on in this war, and their funerals became part of Israeli and Jewish history. Max Steinberg from L.A., Sean Carmeli from Texas, 20 and 30,000 people, people who never heard their name the day before, people from north and south and east and west traveled, just to walk silently behind their casket and show respect to young men who didn't have to go to the army, but chose to do so because they believed that they are part of Am Yisrael and they have an obligation to do so. Nefesh Benefesh continues to bring Olim and lone soldiers, families and others, and we are very proud that the Israel show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. 109 lone soldiers come tomorrow. We played this during the nine days, but many of you may not have been uh, tuned in at that time. And I want to play it again because, because. So we spoke about these two young men, Sean Carmeli and Max Steinberg, where tens of thousands of people came to their funerals just to show respect to someone who they n- never heard of, didn't know. 
Ariel Horowitz, an Israeli musician, wrote the words and music to a haunting song about this amazing event. It's called Esrim Elefish, 20,000 people. Esrim Elefish Vataharishon, Esrim Elefish Acharecha Shon, 20,000 people following you, Sean. So Adim Besheket in Prachim, marching silently. Shtei Achayot, your two sisters, Esrim Elef Achim, and 20,000 brothers. We dedicate this to all the soldiers, and especially the lone soldiers. They are amazing people. We thank them for what they do. Ariel Horowitz, who, by the way, is the son of Naomi Shemer. Esrim Elef Ish, my name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Esrim Elef Ish, Ve'atarishon Esrim Elef Ish, Acharechashon Tzoradim Beshegat Im Prachim Shtei Achayot Esrim Elef
There's a moving video that goes with it. We'll post it on our Facebook page. I don't know. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me not to cry when I uh, hear the song and watch it, watch that video. Srimela Fish, Ariel Horowitz. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, yet again, we have so much material that we're not going to get to today. We'll try and do it next week. We will close out the show with an upbeat song. It's called Shir HaMefaked, the song for the commander. And it was written, the words were written by Avigdor Kahalani. General Avigdor Kahalani is yet another hero of Israel back a generation. In 1973, during the Yom Kippur War, in what is one of the most famous battles, Literally, for the survival of northern Israel, Avigdor Kahalani, with a small group of tanks, held back the entire Syrian tank army of tanks as they were descending down the Golan to the Galil. And, of course, he is well-known in Israel, Gibor Milchama. And he is now 70 years old. He's the head of the Vadlamahagudalamana Chayal. And he likes to write poetry, and he wrote a song, and then Effie Netzer, well-known composer, wrote music to it. And it describes the Mifaked, the commander, what are the traits that he has. So far, if you are on the path and you know where it leads to, you have the goal. And if you know why, why you're here, why you're doing this. And you know how to touch your people, your soldiers personally with emotion. Then, we'll close out with that song. First, we'll say thank you so much to all of you for listening. Thank you for your Facebook likes and comments. And the Facebook likes on the Facebook page have really been growing. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel. Don't forget to listen tomorrow to Jamie and D.M. Nachum will be uh, broadcasting from the Nefesh Benefesh Charter Flight. Stay tuned for Tech Talk with Aryeh Lightstone, and then keep it tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network all day for the great Music Monday mix of Tuba Av. Until next Monday, following Jam in the AIM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.